Today on the show, I'm happy to have Ja Ludic. He's a CEO of Cortex Logic. They're an AI engine for business. I want to dig into selling your company to G because that's like the dream for an entrepreneur yes. to get an exit like that. We started our first company. It was Seasing Systems. And then eventually I sold that company to General Electric in 2011. That was the first AI company on the African continent, or at least originated from the African continent to be sold internationally, do a multinational. But we went global. So that's, we were selling our software and solutions, more industrial space, but we sold it globally. And we were working with Siemens and Wonderware and G Intelligent Platforms and so forth, and had all sorts of partnerships. And we ended up having an OEM agreement with General Electric 2000, and then up to 2011. And then I was part of the, obviously the shared transaction bill, the retention bonuses. I worked at G for about, I had to work there for at least three years, but I was there for four and a half, almost five years. It was a great experience. Spent quite a bit of time in the U.S., in, in Sandra Bone, Silicon Valley, Chicago, Lyle offices, G-Intelligent Platforms was based in Boston or Foxborough, just south of Boston. But then our customers were all over the place, all over the world. Spent time on all the continents, Australia, China, everywhere, Europe, Africa. So it was an incredible adventurous time. The academic career was also like that because I was traveling all over the world presenting it, but it was an interesting switch, but so many lessons to learn. Most of my lessons was in the business world and, and I didn't do a MBA or so I, I just started when, when you're a startup, you just do everything <laughs> and, uh, and we had to learn quickly and make mistakes. And as you go, you do it, but we made some small, we, we had some good people on our board. And some investors coming in, angel investors, and then a VC as well. And, uh, but we kept it fairly private up to selling it to General Electric. But, and then after that, I've got lots of stories there as well. And maybe one of the things that we can unpack a little bit is that 14 years at Ceasing Systems, uh, the big lessons there is that there's quite a bit of decisions that we made. There was some that it turned out to be very good and where I can explain a little bit more. But then some was not that great, but we quickly rectified things as well. So there's many things to talk about. Yeah. Let's talk about some of those decisions. Some of the, the early decisions, you know what? It was so interesting and I can't believe it. I, I much later with Cortex Logic and the Cortex AI group, I made mistakes that I even didn't make earlier. So you, you're never too smart and too wise in terms of that. And you've got to be so smart in terms of partners and focus to focus on the right things as well. Anyway, back to CCs, by reverse back, that we started off in, if you think about Africa, South Africa, Australia, minerals, metals, mining is quite big here. So there's a great opportunity to work with multinational companies in that industry. But we started at the same time, do quite a bit of work in the financial services sector, retail, and, and the financial services sector is quite good here in South Africa has been, so we started doing data mining and applying AI to various applications and various customers across various industries. And then we also, but it was not only software, we also created our own hardware systems like sensors that could be used in industrial space, like image recognition and all sorts of stuff. And so we, we had all sorts of divisions. There was software, there was hardware, there was different consumer-facing business, which is different to the industrial world. 
And we had to make decisions after a few years. And it was quite interesting. It was hard because it's almost like you've got your babies and now you need to say, okay, we have to be the best in this, in the world. We have to put all our focus and energy into this. And so what we decided at that time was to say, we're going to focus on the industrial space because also barrier to entry was slightly more difficult. And even and given also the composition of the team, which consisted of not only software engineers, but also uh, software engineers, but also chemical engineers and process engineers. So we were a very interesting mix and bunch of people that could use the domain expertise with the software and AI expertise. And even though it was not before deep learning, there was so much that we can still do with neural networks and AI machine learning and non-linear predictive control systems. And what was quite interesting, if you increase throughput yield quality of any industrial customer, even with one, two, three, four, five percent, it translates to millions of dollars straight away. So it was so nice to starting apply technology where you can clearly see if you stabilize the process, you get things more sorted out, you can make those process enhancement or process improvements. But not only that, also can you think about a piece of equipment? If you can simulate that piece of equipment and you can then predict maintenance. So this piece of equipment, say it's a furnace or a pressure or whatever it is, stays in operation, then obviously your throughput is going to be better and all of those kind of things. So predictive maintenance is a big use case. And then in the financial services sector, it was still about, remember the internet was still in the early 2000s, still young, not a lot of data there. It was still growing exponentially. So purely based on data available, because in the industrial space, you've got lots of sensors, temperature sensors and pressures and flows and all sorts of stuff. So continuous real-time data. So it was more suitable actually for AI and, to, and data science to actually to do those kind of use cases. So it was a small decision, uh, although difficult, because we had a profitable uh, financial services, data mining kind of business. There was not many other AI players around. And we almost, we were we actually close to selling off one division, but we decided, okay, no, we're going to keep all the people. We're going to focus on that. And we sold off our hardware image recognition. It was called Frostmaster to Kumpu in Finland because they were in that space. So it was, that was an interesting time. So making hard strategic decisions and then everybody focused on, on the industrial space and building real-time AI solutions around that. And yeah, that turned out to be a good decision because we appointed international distribution partner network, solution partners, engineering partners to do what we do. So we show them how we use our software and solutions to actually implement them implement that and then we empower also big customers and we got a lot of enterprise deals and we spent quite a bit of time everywhere where there's industrial space. So I spent quite a bit of time in Australia and then manufacturing. We went first, started with minerals, metals, which is continuous processing. And then when you go to the industrial space or the manufacturing space, it's batch and discrete processing. If you think about a motor car, a vehicle or then you can think about all the different parts. I remember Holly Davids in the US was an example where you actually help them to optimize the manufacturing processes around discrete manufacturing and so forth. Anyway, so that was a, that was a good decision. And then 
And then we went, we even did work for AMDs or what was a bunch of semiconductor companies as well, food and beverage companies. So we started to expand, but it was still the industrial space. And it, we covered basically all different, three different types of processes, continuous discrete and batch processes. And we had a troubleshooter and, and also then an architect. And we called it architect, but we, we actually developed the solutions. And then you actually deploy in real time these kind of solutions. So it's, it's quite interesting. Basically what we did, General Electric sold HMI, HMI SCADA systems, which is like the human machine computer interface for the production users, for the engineers and production managers and so forth. And it was not only them, it was Wonderware, Siemens, and there was also the control layer. And we were adding like a AI layer on top of that HMI SCADA and control systems layer to actually do real-time causal analysis, troubleshooting, control, all sorts of different things on top of that layer. It was not a lot of companies focused on that. And then I think GE just, and there's not only GE, there was actually competing with Wonderware and some of the other companies that was in a similar space. And we actually had them as distribution partners. So it was also an interesting decision. Who do you go with? And we picked GE. And at that time, GE in the 2000s was like Apple. No, they were the biggest company. So it was incredible for us to collaborate and work with them. But the reason they built credibility with us because they heard all their customers around the globe talking about the value that we adding with the AI on top of their software. And so it was, and it was a lot of engineers, engineering companies as well. And there was a bunch of others as well, but the, yeah, that was quite interesting. And then we did an OEM agreement. So they've tested us out in a two year period before the acquisition where it's an original equipment manufacturer, where we spent quite a bit of time um, with GE because GE was big in terms of their internal business, the G for G business, they into healthcare. They into energy, transportation, all sorts of different areas. So we were then doing predictive maintenance and process enhancement solutions for them internally, as well as for their customers. So it was, this was pretty good, but a great experience. GE itself is fantastic. I spent some time at the universities. GE's got their own kind of universities in York and other places. And so it was really great. It was great to be exposed. Very professional company. I, I've got a lot. There's lots of lessons with that I've experienced mistakes that GE made. Obviously, 2011, 12, 13, because they tried, they coined the industrial internet, the term industrial internet, and they actually wanted to create a, a kind of AWS or Microsoft where it's a cloud offering covering looking at that. And what was interesting, they should have made a partner straight away with Microsoft. They, they invested so much in trying to build their own thing, to be independent of the cloud. I mean, they were too late. I think it was already, uh, so that was a wrong move. But anyway, it, there, there's so many other lessons there to learn. And the other thing I want to say is because obviously as a business owner, we could innovate very quickly and be very agile. And even when, it was so interesting in GE, they got Eric Ries of the Lean Startup and everyone there, but it was so difficult for a big corporate, like a big ship, to innovate. And for them, innovation was almost like restructuring or combining these teams and stuff. And to me, it was, you got to think about what are you actually selling to the customer? How quickly can you get it out? How quickly can you provide the right solutions to the right customers at the right time? All of those kind of things. 
So I've experienced a little bit of that as well. And that's why we're back into business. <laughs> we're starting my own company, a company again. And the other thing is, I saw what DeepMind is doing, being acquired by Google for, I don't know, 500 million dollars. And it was just no, no real profit or anything. They just assembled a great team. They're doing great stuff now. They've got great leadership with them as Hasibus. And I just realized it's great opportunities. But that's the next chapter to, to talk about in Cortex because even with all the lessons learned, there was a series of things there that we probably didn't do well enough, but we were actually smart as well in terms of some of the choices as well. Learned quickly and failed fast, move quickly, go on and do things. And then obviously COVID. COVID was a unbelievable disruptor. And, but I will talk more about that as well in terms of the focus. Just want to give you a chance. So with selling the G, so they start as a client and then eventually they're like, oh, this makes a lot of sense for us to acquire you. It was more, they were a client as well later on, but they were more, we were selling to their clients as well. So it was, we were adding value to their software that they sell to their clients. It just, they didn't have the AI layer on top. They just had this human computer interface. We call it HMI SCADIS is human machine interface and SCADIS stands for supervising control and data acquisition. So it was getting all the data from the sensors, yeah. showing, displaying it for the operators so they control the plant. So effectively at a high level, that's what it does. Yeah. And what we did is we create, it's almost like digital twins. We create models of processes and models of pieces of equipment. And then you can do what if scenario analysis and you can get real time to bring intelligence into that layer. And that's why they acquired us. Because we were bringing intelligence into their software. That's basically what we did. So you almost accidentally made their software better just yeah. by selling to their clients. And then they realized, oh, wait, that's this is better than what we have currently. We should just go and buy them. Because yeah. when you have as much money as GE, just it's like, all right, that's faster. Let's do that. That's what all these companies do. Google, yep. Microsoft, and you see it all the time. They just see, if you think about Facebook, Oculus, whatever, there's so many examples. Well, they're just looking at acquisitions because YouTube, that turned out to be a good acquisition for Google. Apparently they're making more. They can make, I think the ad revenue per year is not, I, I, actual acquisition, I think it was a few billion dollars. And they're making that with YouTube in, with ad revenue, just with YouTube. And I think in a short period. So, I think in a year, they make that kind of revenue for what they purchased them. So it was such a. Yeah, very affordable $3 billion purchase. You can see this book, Democratizing AI to Benefit Everyone, is a book that I recently wrote, actually during the COVID time. But my first book was Neural Networks and Psychopathology. And it was an example of a book focused on applying AI to understand the brain and brain disorders. So I've actually partnered there with a psychiatrist and we, look at, we looked at OCD and all these kind of different brain disorders and building neural networks to simulate various things. So it was very interesting. And I started applying AI in chemical engineering. I had some friends and colleagues in electronic engineering and at the business school. This was all at university. And I was quite excited about research and trying to, to grow, but I realized, wow, this is powerful technology. If we can apply this in the real world, this would be fantastic. So there was a big decision there. And I had a few colleagues of mine that was one foot in academia, one foot in the private sector, but not committing. So if you think about lessons, 
I think you got to make a decision somewhere. And uh, I, I, it took me, I was still doing, I was a senior lecturer researcher at Stellenbosch University, close to Cape Town. And I was traveling the world, presenting AI papers at conferences and obviously writing books and all sorts of stuff. But then I partnered with a chemical engineer. He also did his PhD in AI or actually chemical engineering, but AI applications. Ja, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you about your current venture or just to learn more, how could they do? Yeah, there's, you can go to jobludic.com and expect some announcements as well. Obviously I've got, I'm busy with the AI-driven digital, we call it the AI-driven it's actually a sustainable technology venture capital company where we automate the investment process using AI. So that's going to be a focus area. But before I just want to say, I just want to mention that with Cortex and I haven't covered that at all. We've created two AI driven platform plays. So when you go to jobfleet.com, you will see a bunch of companies listed there. You will see Cortex Logic and Cortex AI Group, which is the company that I've started after GE. And I actually was at a company called Juma before that. And I also was an angel investor in a company called The Student Up, which is like a more educational play. That's also there. But Cortex Arch and Cortex Group spun out two companies, which is AI Driven Wellness or Wellness Companion, Mental Wellness and General Wellness Companion companies. One is Journey Wellness. The other one is Teen Wellness. And we won last year the, the World Economic Forum Mental Health, Youth Mental Health Award for that. And we're going to, we're rolling it out here in South Africa. We'll go global with that. And that will actually be listed on the Captain Stock Exchange or those kind of companies as well. So we did some, quite a bit of stuff. So you will see on jogging.com, you would see the, those kind of logos of Journey, Viv, Cortex. And then you will see Machine Intelligence Institute of Africa as well, which is a nonprofit. And, and I decided we want to build an AI community in Africa. We want to help transform Africa. And when I started that, there was nothing going on here. And, uh, and then since then things exploded like everywhere else. But uh, so I did that as well, but they, there's some big announcements in terms of the next phase, the next gen of Cortex and stuff and what's the space. There will be more on jobtv.com. We'll make sure everybody follows you to learn about these new things that are coming out. Yeah. I want to you. thank you, Ja, for coming on the show today and thank everybody for listening to another episode of failing to success. Make sure to smash that subscribe button. I'm your host, Chad Kalecki with Cosmic Web Design and Development, and we'll see you next time.